One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to a very special episode of Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. I'm Flo Lloyd Hughes. I'm Chloe Morgan. And there's no Rachel O'Sullivan. There's none. Um, but we do have some special guests because on today's episode of For Upfront, we're doing things a little bit differently. Uh, we're going to be focusing on, on mental health among professional athletes because it's something we feel like at Upfront isn't spoken about a lot. And we've also got an athlete as part of our regular trio in our midst. Um, and we've got two special guests in the house today for this episode. Um, Chloe, you've been playing football now for a decade that makes me feel really old yeah Thank you. sorry but Thanks i just think it's pretty amazing 10 years uh, and you've brought in two of your palace teammates to join us on the podcast today uh, i'm very excited to welcome shiv wilson who joined palace in early 2020 uh, she played division one college football at georgia state university in america and she's also played in spain with malaga we've also got lee nickel who joined palace 
summer 2020 and uh, she's been at Millwall and Charlton as well. Uh, she's also played for Scotland underage groups. Shiv, Lee, welcome to the Upfront studio. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's really exciting to have you guys because we haven't had any special guests in-house yet. So it really changes the vibe. Um, Rachel, we still love you. We miss you. Uh, and don't worry, you know, your, your seat is safe and warm. Um, we're just shaking things up this week. A little yeah. bit of a different vibe. Absolutely. And this was your idea, this podcast, Chloe. Tell us about why you wanted to bring this episode. Well, it's odd, actually, because I think normally on my days off on Tuesday, it's quite nice just to get a bit of a breather from the squad. <laughs> um, but actually bringing them in is actually quite a nice thing to do. Like, we get on quite well, don't we, girls? Sometimes. Every now and again. feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> Once a week. Um, and I thought I'll bring in these two I mean they're both specialists in their field like we thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk about mental health and football it's such a big topic and you know Shiv being a PT and Lee being uh, all the social media consultancy work that she does and and all the experiences that she had I thought you know what I can't pick uh, two better teammates to bring into the pod as our first special guests Wow Chloe Real privilege. Yeah, huge intro. Um, (laughs) I feel like the first thing we've got to do is dispel some myths about women's football and we talked about it before we we started recording this episode which is about the jobs that you have to have in order to balance your career and your passion and your love for the game um obviously we know the WSL fully professional those people or those players are full time a lot of them still do seek out additional income because they're on shit salaries but ideally a lot of those players are going to be full time professional and don't have other jobs the reality of everything below the WSL is it's pretty much semi-pro, amateur, and you guys have full-time jobs that you balance alongside your football. So let's dispel those myths straight away. Chloe, I mean, listeners will, will probably know a little bit about what you do, but I suppose everyone chip in with um, their, their full-time hustle, which lets them play for Palace. I think it's, um, I mean, for me, I mean, I always saw myself being a lawyer from a very young age and football's kind of run alongside that. I think um, I was quite fortunate to be in the right place at the right time with Tottenham Hotspur. And, and at that time, it was very grassroots level. It was, you know, it was National League back in the day. And, you know, we we're only seeing a couple of fans turn up to games and we were training once or twice a week. And, and it was only through promotion into the championship where the training schedule escalated to three times a week. And then now into Palace where we, you know, we all train four times um, a week in the evenings and it and it is tough isn't it it's um you know you you do your full-time jobs and then you come out to train and you get yourself dressed sometimes you don't even have time to, to have a piece of toast on the way out the door and, and then you're back in uh, you know the next day and sometimes we don't get back till 11 o'clock so you know I don't know about you girls but but for me I think it, it is difficult to to juggle and there have definitely been times this year where I think we've all struggled to you know to to really maintain a, a top level at work and also and also at football but what, what about you guys how have you felt throughout the season um well I'm just going to use last season as an example. So obviously now I, obviously as you know, PT and stuff. Um, but last season I was a postie. I worked for Royal Mail. Love that. So yeah, it was a good job. Like loved it. Yeah. Like easy, like just different letters, parcels. Um, but obviously that meant me walking every day. True, so yeah. five days a week, hitting probably like eight miles every single day. So then it would get to training and I'll be absolutely fucked. Like there your legs no, were just yeah, gone. I'll just be gone. So... It got to like halfway through the season and I remember because Lee was there, <laughs> I had like a breakdown in training because I was just so tired, not just physically, 
but mentally as well, I was just like, I can't do it. Like, I couldn't And it's last. early mornings as well, Posty, right? Um, well, yeah, it depends. Like, if you're full-time or part-time. I was right. part-time, but, okay. like, my round started at, like, nine. Okay. And I was done early at, like, one, but still, like, physically, it was mm. just absolutely killing me. Um, so, yeah, halfway through season, like, had an absolute breakdown in training. Nothing even happened. I just started crying just out of nowhere because <laughs> I was just, like, mentally just done. And, yeah, Lee was actually there with me. Um, and I had to come out of training because I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And then from that point on, I was just like, I was like, nah, this has to go. Um, so obviously this season came around, decided to sack that off and yeah, just start my own business as a PT. So yeah, in a much better place, obviously now mentally and physically, but still it is, it's difficult. Like, especially when I'm working throughout the day, like I'm dealing with clients on calls every day. Um, and then, you know, going to training four times a week, like it, it, it is tiring, but the life we chose I guess yeah I think um from my point of view at times it's got virtually impossible um to kind of keep performing in both as well not just there's one thing turning up but the other the next thing is actually being able to put your body through it Mm. especially after like a long day at work a challenging day at work or you've been traveling on the road for work I just people ask me how do you do it and I do not know (laughs) you just make it work Mm. yeah you you just do it it's a a commitment if you don't do it, you're letting you're not just letting yourself down. You're letting those around you, um, down. And it's 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 been challenging. It's also been a dream at times because we are very fortunate. And I know there is a cliche saying that you've got a great team. We do have a great team, and we've got good people around us. And it has it's got me got me there at times. Um, I think had it been past teams that I've been in, I might not have had that motivation to go and put my body through it. But there is a fantastic group. Um, we're on a good journey. They do make me feel better every time I walk in, but at times... Oh, that's I'm... so cute. <laughs> Most days. Yeah, sometimes. Not you, Chloe. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. You make me enough. feel worse. <laughs> yeah, but that's just to build you up, do you know what I mean? Build that resilience. <laughs> but I think especially because I'm I'm quite vibrant as well, so like it takes a lot of energy out of me. Mm. <laughs> so, And um, are you, do you have a more kind of traditional nine to five? Like obviously, Shiv, I presume you're self-employed, mm-hmm. freelance, so it's probably a bit more flexible as well to manage your hours around when you're going to be training, when you're going to be travelling to games, etc. Is yours a bit more of a, a nine-to-five, Lee? Oh, I don't, it's nine until five a thing anymore. Well, yeah, <laughs> it like open brackets, constantly um, on Zoom. <laughs> I think you would say naturally as a Monday till Friday nine-to-five job, but because the industry that I'm in, a lot of evenings, in particular like um, a Monday or a Thursday, we are doing meetings with WSL academies on Zoom. So there's times where I'm actually doing a presentation in the training ground and mm. running straight into the changing room. Uh, usually that will finish about half seven, quarter to eight, and I'm then running straight into training after a long day at work. And it is, it's quite, it's mentally exhausting. You don't get time to prepare for training. And so, yeah, I would say it's, it is a traditional nine to five, but a lot of times I'm either on the mo- on the move, traveling mm-hmm. to clubs, or I get a lovely day at home working, or I've got late meetings. And, and that's tough because I literally go from professional to my, my unprofessional self. Um, but have, yeah. Have you guys ever had a moment where, I suppose your moment was was last year, but have you guys ever had a moment where you just thought, "Fuck it, I can't do this anymore"? Yeah, I think me personally, I I was experiencing. I didn't know burnout was an actual thing. I just thought it was a throwaway saying. But I think a few weeks ago, I knew it was coming. I felt I felt something. I was like, "I'm not right." Like I was sleeping all the time. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was like, I can't do it. I'm just, all I'm doing at the minute is breathing and existing. And I feel like I'm not doing great at my job and I'm not doing good at football. And I had said to our physio, Lila, because she is our therapist, I had said, I'm struggling. 
and she said we need to look at it and we didn't really get a chance to because three days later I ended up having two infections and I was bed bound for about I missed two weeks of football because I guess like mentally I, I knew something was coming it happened to be an illness and I'm never ill so I think that was my moment um but it's the best thing that that could have happened to me because I was forced to just lay in bed and and actually look after myself because you you isolate yourself because you're too busy I guess doing jobs mm, and but have you had a moment where you also thought do you know what I love what I do with the other work that you're doing out you know not playing football and actually this is giving me more income mm-hmm. and you know maybe maybe I should give up the game I think it's definitely there um in your head because I think that's just the human brain, isn't it? When things are getting tough, it, you do question, are, are you doing the right thing? Is this good for you? Does the good outweigh the bad? It is definitely a thought process. I think anyone anyone in football that says that they don't sometimes think about throwing in the towel, they're, they're lying. Um, but yeah, 100% I've had those thoughts. But again, football does provide me with my social life. It provides me with a lot of happiness. It keeps me physically in shape. It keeps my mind healthy and happy when I'm there. Mm. Um, and I do feel happy happiest when I've got a ball at my feet in training. It's the only time that I actually think I live in the moment because we do not have another chance. Um, there's nothing else we can do other than that moment, other than think about what we're being told, trying to do what we're being told, trying to stay focused, push yourself and run yourself into the ground. Like I cannot think about anything else that's going on in my world other than when I'm at training, which is great for me and it really does help. So it's definitely got its positives, but 100% I think about what life would look like without a ball at my feet and without so so many hours committed a week to it. Chloe, have, have you had that? Massively. I think especially when it gets to the end of the week and especially like this year where we've had four sessions of the week, like you literally get, when you've done the, the Wednesday, Thursday, it's the Friday session, then you know that you could even be away at the weekend at Sunderland or Durham. I mean, Sunderland three times this year. <laughs> um, you love a road trip though. Uh, I like a road trip when there's a game at the end of it. Uh, I don't like a road trip when you're going to piss about and say that the ground is not capable of being played on. It really is. Just You'll never there. give it up. You'll never let that go. Just a slight bugbear. Um, but I think, no, I, I agree with Lee. Like it does get to the end of the week and you're absolutely shattered. And I think it's at that point where you really think, you know, your kind of athlete, athlete mentality really kicks in and you're like, okay, well, I have to go to this session. If I have a chance of being played this Sunday or, you know, be there for the team, then I have to go up, even if it's, if you're injured and you're doing rehab, you still have to turn up and, and show up no matter what. So I do think it is, um, you know, but I, I agree with Lee as well. I mean, this year, I think even though the training schedule is set up, I think the enjoyment that we're all getting from, you know, seeing each other, we're all in the same boat. We're all having the same, you know, difficulties with our work, with mental health, with, you know, all the other commitments that we've got going on. And, you know, you come into the training ground and Lee, I've got to say, like, whilst I absolutely give us so much shit at training all the time, is like the most positive force that I've ever I've ever come across. Like, even when you have an absolute shitter, Lee is doing something ridiculously inappropriate in the changing room <laughs> and you can't help but just smile and tell her to, you know, shut up and move away from you. But she doesn't. And it's, you know, it's it's good fun for the girls. But um, no, it's, um, it, it, we definitely struggled. Like, and like, for I mean, in terms of like how you felt, like Shiv, like, what was it that kind of got you back into thinking, do you know what, I've got this absolutely shit I feel shit, I feel really broken, I feel like run down. Like, what was it that made you think, do you know what, actually I need to keep going with it? Like, how did you get back? Well, it was at that point where I had the breakdown in training where obviously it was in my mind that it, something needed to, ch- to change. But at that point, I was just like, right, like, you can't keep living your lifestyle like this. Like, because if you want to play football, the job has to go. So you're going to have to pick one or the other. 
And because I played football for such a long time and I just sat there and thought, okay, yeah, like, Royal Mail is my main income right now. But if I didn't have football, how would I feel? Mm. Yeah. If I didn't have it, how would I feel? And I go back to how I felt in lockdown when we had no games, we didn't have no training. And like, you just, I just felt like a part of my identity was taken away from me. And I'm thinking, right, if I didn't have that, I feel like I wouldn't be me. So I was just like, mm. I'm going to need to find a way of making it work. Because um, I always say, like, if you want to make something work, you'll make it work. Yeah. Totally. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I think that's just such an interesting point as well there, like on identity. And I, yeah. I know we've had so many discussions about it, Lee, and that's something that, you know, you've written articles on and you sort of advise and do consultancy on. And, you know, I think that's a big fear for me. I'm, you know, one of the older players at, at Palace. I'm kind of coming towards the end of my career and I'm, now playing with like you know girls at the club now like 17 16 years old and I'm thinking my god like I am literally the grandma of palace like (laughs) and I do act like that sometimes fair enough Mm. um but you know I do have a massive fear that once I stop playing what is next for me and how Mm. does that look I've had my I've been playing football since I was seven years old am I do I then just I'm just a lawyer if I don't have football or you know and I I feel like I'm really nervous and anxious about uh, that time in my life and I don't really know how to sort of navigate that transition properly. And, you know, I've had so many discussions with, with Lee because I know that's something that you've sort of spoken quite quite a lot on. Yeah, I, I'm obsessed with the, the topic identity. And I think when I stopped playing football for a year, I had that moment and I had a period where I'm like, I'm nothing. I'm no longer known as the girl that plays football. I'm just a normal person. And mm. there's nothing wrong with normal people. I've just never been used to just being Lee. It's always the football girl or Lee that plays football, Lee who plays for this team. And, it is. It was one of the most petrifying moments of my life, and I didn't know how. No one ever spoke about it. I didn't know if it was normal. What I was thinking, little things like I didn't have football pictures to post on Instagram. My life com- came, became so normal online, offline, and I didn't know how to deal with it. But now, like because of the work that I do and the research that I do, and kind of speaking to other people, it is so common. And I do look at it as if it's a grieving process. Um, you're losing. Let's be honest. It's one of all of our first loves in life and we get that taken away from us and no one ever prepares you for that. Um, it's it's not just a ball. It, there's so much other things that come with it but there is an amazing video on uh, from Ted Lasso that, that we actually in work use as, as one of our presentations because it's a topic that we cover and it's about um, a lad's niece. He was struggling with like, I'm just a footballer, what am I going to do without it? And his wife says, come and say what you love about your uncle and she says, He's funny, he's um, it, it was something like he's funny, he's smart, he's annoying and I love him so much and it, nothing was related to football and I think it's really important for anyone listening to this and yourself, Chloe, it's like you're more than what you are, um, you're a family member, you, you are a lawyer, you've got your, your podcast, you, you've got so much going for you in life that people don't love you because you play football. That internal pressure is coming from you directly and it's not from external and I think your transition out of football is going to you're I think you're going to find it a lot easier than what you expect because the opportunities that you've got still in the game from a media perspective you you're someone that I look up to and I know that Shiv will as well and so I, I say did, that again um, I did say that <coughs> that's recorded because you're taller than me <laughs> I have to look up to you but yeah I think um I think you'll surprise yourself um because I think you're just made for for things like this and um, although I hate seeing you on my, my telly I mean fair play <laughs> <I am>. to you <laughs> but I think in um, your transition I think you will find a new lease of life um, 
but it's not going to be easy. But I think it's a massive topic that does need to start being discussed because when that's taken away from you, it the divorce rate um, for male footballers as well is huge. I think there was something like seventy three percent of male footballers get uh, divorced within three years of retirement, and wow. that's horrifying. Um, and I think that just sums it up really. Mm. So wisely. I know, yeah. I feel like I just, I've just had a therapy session. Probably um, emotional about that. Yeah. So. yeah. I want to talk about uh, Lila because you guys have shouted her out a lot. You have, Chloe. I think, Lee, you did. Shiv, you, you mentioned her as well, maybe already. She seems like such a rock for your group. I mean, how important is it to have someone like her? And what has she done for all of you over the years? Where do I start? <laughs> She's a G, man. <laughs> oh, she definitely I just, um, I mean, she's incredible. Like, not only is she a physio and just like the knowledge that she has and the experience that she has in dealing with our injuries. And, you know, some of us are very difficult rehabbers. I mean, you know, we say that we're not going divas. to do something. We are divas. We are rehab divas. It's like Lila's <laughs> like, you know, sit, relax, chill, rest, and we're up doing, you know, pump and circuit classes at the gym. <laughs> Sorry for this week, Lila. Um, but she's just such a fountain of knowledge and wisdom. Just, you know, you go to her for an injury, but she, she also has this absolute wealth of experience just in life and I think she's just such a good friend to all of us and mm-hmm. I think sometimes you know when you go and have some time in the physio room sometimes you're absolutely shattered and sometimes you know there are things going on at home or things with work or things with your family and you know Lila's always been an open ear to any issues that we've had and and like bless her like she's given me so much like lovely advice and support and she's just been a great friend um and I really can't you know thank her enough like we all love her to pieces and like she's helped all of us isn't she yeah I think it's good as well like to have because obviously majority of our coaching staff is men to have Mm. a woman that you can go to and feel like not saying that you can't go and speak to the male coaches but you feel a bit more comfortable in order like when you're talking about it's more relatable right like personal situations or stuff that you may be going through and it's just like Chloe said just nice to have someone there who you can kind of confide in someone to you know bring you back down to earth a little bit and just give you some some advice yeah just like literally just like having a best friend that you can go and talk to yeah I second that massively she is I think people only look at players and maybe staff direct staff but I think football clubs are made up of those behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see and they never get spoken about and she is certainly a key part of our football club and we can all agree that we all think the same and feel the same about Lila but things like Shiv say like I'll go to Lila and I'm like mama period I can't do this and I'll have a breakdown I would never go and do that to the, ma- the men they <laughs> yeah. run away yeah, they'll be like fucking but, get on with it you're training anyway men, <laughs> men don't get it when it's like to feel like someone is standing on me with rugby foot- football boots <laughs> and trying to push myself through it and she gets it and I think that's a, a massive thing she gets it she's also shows vulnerability to us as well she'll tell us if she's had a bad day and I think that just opens up a, a mature relationship and it's not just Lila taking a baton from all of us because of how bad we feel but she is just amazing she's incredible and I gotta give a shout out to Dee as well Dee's oh, our Crystal yeah, Palace Dee. pasta and mm. um, she turns up to all our games and she's there on a Wednesday session big smile yeah massive smile always ready with a hug like she's just amazing so thank you Dee as I well I must say though yeah. when I'm feeling vulnerable I just look at Dee and she's like hi Lee you okay and I'm like not today Dee and I'll just break down <laughs> <laughs> she, she just got that aura she just makes people cry <laughs> Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Lee, you talked about Instagram and sort of social media and without football, what you felt like you, you, you became. And I know, Chloe, we've spoken about social media and that sort of pressure to post. Mm. And you guys are kind of, you know, you've been playing football as social media's exploded at the same time. And I think, remember, we had a conversation once where I, I felt like I had to keep up with the self-promotion of Instagram mm. and Twitter. And as a freelancer as well, it's like constantly chasing, being like, oh, I'm really busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Look at me. Look at me. And it is really difficult. You kind of get in your own head about it and you feel like you've got to do it because you see other people doing it as well. I mean, what's that been like for you as players, like developing as players in this era where... You know, you must be looking at other players at other teams and, you know, the success, quote unquote, success they're having and thinking, oh, do I need to keep up with them and posting X, Y, Z? I, yeah, I feel it. I totally do feel the pressures of online. I think there is a lot of eyes on me because of my past and I'm, I feel like I owe it to them to post. But one thing I would say is one thing that I've developed is that I'm really honest. Like mm. I will show my vulnerability. It's not just like, look at this, this is amazing. But I do, after every game on a Sunday, I feel the need that I have to post win, lose, draw, play or not play. And that's something that I found difficult because I'm, I don't want to be that player. And I've got a pet hate that players that only post when they're they're playing and they're winning. Because I just don't think that's, that, that's not real life. Or they do that thing where they have that caption where they're like, great win today. Yeah. Hashtag, you know, like keep keep grinding or like yeah. hashtag like keep going or it's like fans were immense clapping hands emoji yeah. fire emoji. Yeah, there, Flo, I don't <laughs> see it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you've yeah. got to be authentic yeah. as well, right? And that that's something that I've tried to be, but you also need to be respectful. I struggle, but I'm like, well, I've not played again, and the team we've not got a result. What do you say? Mm. Um, sometimes you you need a moment to reflect and and think about it because. It's not for everyone to see what we as a team are going through, what we're thinking, what we're feeling. And you need to try and be diplomatic and authentic without being that born cliche statement. Um, mm. But sometimes it is a case of like, we do get back to the training ground on Monday and we analyse and we, 
we do see we do try and put it right um but I do feel that pressure of a Sunday night I'm like oh god like I don't want people thinking that I've not posted because I've got the hump because mm. I've not it's just that I don't know what to say sometimes and and what do you do with your profile as well do you guys try and mix it up do you try and do a little bit of football a little bit of you know your other interests because you do have other interests not just football all the time like what how do you how do you mix it up do you you know Shiv I imagine you probably do you use it for work stuff would you have a separate account which is like your PT business or? yeah so I've got mm-hmm. my personal account which I just post all football stuff and then I've got my obviously PT one where I post all my fitness stuff so I'm not really on my personal one too much um I post every now and again, but I probably should post a bit more. But that's just because I'm so focused on my PT one. Um, but yeah, going back to what Lee said, I think as well, um, you got to remember that we've got young girls mm. looking up to us and they yeah. want to see what, we, what we're up yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Like the, literally the other day, um, you know, I don't know what that girl's name is. Remember at the game the other day and that girl and had, had a poster. And yeah. I was like, chef! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this little girl, um, she came, I think she comes to like all of our home games and she was at, our last game and she had a little sign saying oh from Wilson please can I have your shirt and I'm thinking girl I can't even get the shirt (laughs) 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 people that ask for my shirt I can't even keep it sis (laughs) (laughs) Um, I saw a similar tweet from with Katie Stengel at Liverpool the other day she was like some kid asked for my boots and I was like hon sorry you ain't getting these I've got to spend another 100 quid if I give them to you (laughs) Um, yeah so basically yeah, she had a little post or whatever. And she actually messaged me on Instagram um, just saying, hi, like I was at the game the other day. <laughs> I was the girl holding the sign. And it's just like, it just kind of fills your heart a yeah. little bit. Mm. So at the same time, you do kind of want to post what you want to post, but you have to be mindful that mm-hmm. you've still got young yeah. girls who are looking up role. to you in that sense. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think it's um, it's definitely moved on a lot. And I think now there is a kind of expectation that you'll sort of show a bit of your vulnerability or your, like your authentic side as well. And I think that is also linked to kind of, you know, the commercial opportunities that you see mm. that sports stars are starting to get now. I mean, you know, the more likes you're getting, the more followers you're getting, that also comes with increased exposure to opportunities like with BT and like podcasts and, you know, Sky deals or whatever it is. So I think there is a kind of, you know, if that's what the avenue that you want to go into and they're, you know, it's, it's good money as well. I mean, a lot of the, these athletes are also thinking about careers after after they stop playing or doing some punditry work or whatever it is during their playing careers. So I think the more you post, obviously, the more you like to get the followers. And I think that sort of comes with its own benefits as well. But, you know, for me as a as an older player, sort of, you know, when I first started off on social media, I'm talking like MySpace. And I, I don't even know whether you guys even know about MySpace. Yeah. yeah. MySpace. Bebo. Like, did you have Bebo? Yeah. Like, Bebo? Or like Bebo. MSN Messenger. We, we, Bebo like, was good. What well, was your wrong, girl? But was your I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, though, with um, social media, <laughs> one, I give my, Millie Farrell, she gives me anxiety because the stuff she posts because <laughs> Mm. the amount of stuff she does I'm like no stop it stop it <laughs> but I was Millie um, but I was much worse than Millie she's not even bad but she just because the job I do I've learned from my mistakes and mm. I've made so many stupid mistakes on social media because I didn't think anyone cared like, I was just having my best life mm. like with my friends I didn't care what people thought because I didn't think they cared and it wasn't till it hit me in the face really badly that I, I got a massive wake up call but I look and you've got boys academies and they get media training from so young. They get advice. I was in at a club yesterday and I seen my first ever bit of media training advice and I couldn't believe it. Someone said only answer a question for a maximum of 20 seconds. If you know me, that would have saved me about maybe 100 hours of my life. <laughs> <I just> thought, <laughs> but little things like that, 
no one's told how to speak to the media. Mm. And when you get an opportunity to speak to the media, like Chloe says, we're trying to build a profile for ourselves beyond football. Um, so it, it's a massive risk. So to me on social media, as long as you're respectful, as long as you're defensive and as long as you're not taking too many risks, like it'll be good. And that's the best advice I've got for people. But if you go out with those three categories, you could be in prob- uh, trouble. Um, because like you said, like all it takes is one person sitting watching the game and thinking, I don't like how she's acted or let me have a look or she looks a bit too happy. They screenshot it and your life could be, your life and career could be pretty much done. Yeah, it's, it, it is it is it is that scary and, and terrifying, really. I mean, also, how how has it been for you guys as athletes growing up in different environments, different teams, and kind of blending with different people as well? Because I feel like there's always this idea that it's such a happy vibe and a happy culture and a happy change room. But, like, sometimes things aren't always rosy. I mean, what's it been like as well to kind of deal with the pressures of, being part of a group and sometimes you don't like some of those players you're playing with. <laughs> um, I think it's, I mean, obviously I spent such a that long was a time. Big, that was a big, um. Oh yeah. <laughs> what we say and shit. Well, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> I was like, we've always been friends. Have not done anything to share? No. No, no, I've been cool. No, cool, we're cool. cool. <laughs> we're cool. Um, I'm just going to keep drinking my tea. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, being at Spurs, like when we first started, I mean, we were all playing because we just loved it and we mm. loved hanging out together and spending time together and we didn't even really realize that we you know the WSL was in our future at that point and you know we were just enjoying each other's company and we'd go out on nights out and team socials and we all sort of knew each other's families and stuff so it was such a vibe because we just loved each other like on and off the field we just had each other's backs and I think that's probably part of the success that we had in going up the national leagues going for the championship and then into WSL because we just yeah we were just we were just really good mates and I think it was difficult then going into professional football because a lot of that team didn't make it into or be offered, you know, professional contracts into the next year. So then we had 11 new players who were already playing professionally, um, you know, come and join us. And then the ones that had kind of got us there, we, you know, we were finding ourselves sitting on the bench and, you know, there's this massive competition that's going on behind the scenes. And because it then became such a business, you lost that family feel, I think. The in, competition in the thing is a, is a big one, isn't it? Because I find that, I mean, comparison culture, talk about social media, comparison cultures, crazy and I find as a freelancer I have to really stop myself from being like oh I can't believe, like that girl's doing this or he's got that gig I Massively. want that gig like you can't help but compare mm-hmm. and then the intensity of that in a change room where you feel like oh I'm not getting the shirt you know they're mm-hmm. in the starting lineup that must be really tough oh it's huge and I think I mean last year at Palace the vibe was completely different and I think we're in the midst of the pandemic we weren't having fans at games people were just you know struggling with their own mental health issues and the time schedules and pressures and things. And I don't feel like we had the same vibe that we do now that we did at Palace last year. And that wasn't because there was like all this, you know, massive, you know, in-house drama and stuff. We just didn't have this kind of cohesion and mm. friendships. And you couldn't do a lot of social stuff as well. That oh, you probably massively. Would have done. Like, it was just yeah. a bit of a, it was an odd year, I think, for everybody. But this year, like, I can honestly say, like, the girls are good, good mates. And like, you're asking about stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Like, I know me and Leah like chalk and cheese and like at the start of the season like I just could not get my head around this kid <laughs> at all like just that the stuff that she come out with in the change room and I was like oh my oh what what is she saying um I and mean like, what I need to say in that is my oh first gosh. experience of Chloe Morgan we had a talent show or what was it initiation oh, oh yeah and she was the Sharon what's her, what's her name the Sharon judge, Osborne yeah. Simon Cowell type vibes when I tell you I will never want to stand up in court with Chloe <laughs> Because I got hammered to the point I was like, does this girl really hate me? Like, 
it was I wasn't, e- I wasn't oh. even performing and she was bringing me into it like it was her- and I was looking to the person next to me I'm like is this still a joke or just, just to clarify because it's funny but I don't know if she's actually being serious now so yeah we, we are different but I think we've got we've got a love-hate relationship you hate me and I love you it's lovely <laughs> Shib, you, you played abroad as well yeah. like in the States and Spain two like very different cultures mm. compared to over here so what was that like for you making that adjustment um so when i went to america obviously i was i think i was 18 when i went over there so that's even, a lot as well at young yeah, age so still at that age like you're a bit naive like you don't really know too much you think you know you think you're the shit but you're not really mm. like so went over there was there for like five years um and i think i was the only sort of English scout on the team. I think the rest were like American. Um and to be fair, like it wasn't like I didn't get on with anyone, but it's a different culture. And the people there act different, like they go about things differently. The football culture is different. Um so it was sort of hard to get used to the way they do things and the way that people act, if that makes sense. Because they're a bit different to English people. Like <laughs> not like slacking any Americans off. Oh my God. Hopefully no Americans are listening to me. Like <laughs> um, but like the best way I can explain it, they're just kind of I'm trying to figure out a good way to explain it. Just different. Yeah, just different. Not in a bad way, but mm, just, different. just different. So it, it you've got to kind of adjust and, and get used to it. Um, so if I'm going to go over to when I was in Spain, that was probably in terms of my career, like the hardest season that I've had, just simply because I'm going to another country, for one, that I don't know nothing about, can't speak the language, and I'm there on my own. <laughs> so, How old were you when you got there? I think I was like 20, 22 maybe, 21 or 22. Um, so obviously there were some girls on the team who did speak English, um, so if I was struggling with anything, I could just ask them. But it was a thing where there were girls who did speak English they wouldn't help me on mm. purpose mm. and it's like yeah they, did they, they perceive you as a bit of a threat to their yeah, spot yeah, course, on the team of course yeah. because even though I don't understand what you're saying I can feel your energy I can mm. feel your vibe like I'm mm. not dumb mm. <laughs> um, so it would be a thing where I'd be struggling I wouldn't know what's going on and there'd be a girl next to me who literally can speak English but she's not trying to help me at all so in my head I'm like alright cool I see you <laughs> like I know, I know, I don't know what you're saying, but I know exactly what you're saying. Um, so yeah, it's just one of the, those things, really. But um, I think going back to obviously now at Palace, it's very rare, especially in girls' football, to have to be in an environment where everyone gets on because mm-hmm. you got to think you've got over fifteen girls that get together like four or five times a week. <laughs> like you're gonna expect some sort of conflict or some sort of arguments or people to not get on, but thankfully like we we don't have that at, at palace i want to also touch on before we wrap things up body image because mm-hmm. i know that i mean especially with social media and i think in women's football i think we are reaching a more positive place actually at the moment because i think maybe as a society and as a culture people's perceptions of body body image have shifted obviously Shiv, you as a pt you know deal with this on a daily basis but i feel like as a culture we're moving towards a place where people are becoming a bit more accepting of people's different body shapes and sizes and also, you know, an athletic figure and being, and there's a bit more body positivity around it. Whereas perhaps in the past, we haven't been in that place around the way that women's bodies are perceived in sport and it'd been more 
sexualized than it is now. And there is still a lot of, you know, a lot of the way that women's bodies are sexualized in in sport. But I feel like now we're getting to a place where having more women's football on TV and other sports, it's like accepting of the physique of professional athletes. I think, um, I mean, based on my own experiences of it, I mean, I remember I go back to this um, the game we played against uh, when I was with Spurs playing against uh, Man United and we had quite a big crowd, you know, the Barmy Army had quite a, a big... Um, rowdy. Yeah, the rowdy, rowdy bunch. And I remember being in goal and obviously being in goal, you're quite isolated anyway. So you can hear the fans, like the fans are there at the goal. And um, I remember them saying like, go on fat, you go and get yourself another chocolate bar. Like, no. And I remember like this was the first time that I'd ever come across a situation where I'd faced abuse like that on mm. the field and I didn't know what to do. And obviously it stays with you and it resonates. And I think, you know, as women, I think we're always conscious of like comments that are made about your body. Like it's always something that you're kind of, do, do I look good if I go out today? Like, do I, am I wearing the right thing or whatever it is? And, you know, that was the first time I think it really stuck with me that actually it's great that we're getting more attention, but mm. we're also picking up a lot of negative attention as well. And, you know, that's definitely changed how I have seen myself throughout the year and there's I've gone through definitely periods of like difficulty struggling with my own body image thinking and because I'm in goal as well I think naturally we have a bit of a different stature to outfield players and we don't do as much cardio us is you know it's very much kind of explosive power and muscular physiques and things mm. like that so um yeah it's definitely I, I think the you know companies like Nike and Adidas are doing these amazing campaigns at the moment showing you know um women with disabilities in sports bras and you know bigger women in sports bras and you know really tiny women in sport and all these kind of different body body shapes um which is fantastic but I think still in women's sport where it is getting more attention and it's starting to be televised more and it's you know it's all over the place I think we will start to see you know, especially papers like the Sun and the Mirror and stuff like that. And you know, I don't think the sexualization of women's football is going to go away, even though it's maybe decreased. And you know, we can choose what we follow. I think that is still um, a bit of an issue. I don't know what you you guys think about whether you've had yeah, issues with that. It was something that I I can relate to. Like one that stands out to me, I get it all the time, um, and it's something that I try to educate the young the younger girls coming through as well and and work. But I know I'm going to post a picture, and I can't get shorts that are baggy but short enough and I know my legs and my bum look big and the comments that I get because of that it's horrifying because I'm insecure about it I mm. do not want to be going on a football pitch with the outline of my bum and thighs on display but the issue is if I go too big on the men's shorts I need to roll them up 25 times mm. but if I go too short where they fit then you've got the whole outline of everything and mm. it's a huge issue for me and it's something that I get abuse for on social media because of my legs and my bum. And I it's the last thing that I want to be worrying about is when I'm going on a football pitch. So now I'm up to a medium men's uh, pair of shorts, but they're rolled up four or five times so that they're baggy and you can't see the outline. But then it makes my hips look as if they're a lot bigger. And someone commenting on my pictures, just saying you've clearly gained a lot of weight. I just went back and I said, yeah, I'm pregnant. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, so it makes it acceptable mm, yeah, for me to look like that mm, if I'm pregnant. Mm. Like, but it's like now I make a conscious effort of I will post the picture whether I look big or not big in it because I need to be authentic and I need to be true to myself and I can't become that image where everyone looks the same, especially with the lessons that I'm trying to pe uh, teach people on it. But it, it can cause eating disorders. It can mm. cause you sl sleepless nights. Like you haven't listened to that comment. That's awful. But you're right. That's We're now going into uh, the proper football world where this is what men do get as well in terms of them getting slated. If you see Luke Shaw when he goes on holiday, he, he clearly fluctuates in weight and he gets hammered for it. Um, so now we are receiving that kind of abuse. Yeah, as more sexualised. Um, it's about normalising it as well, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's what you mean with 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 the the shorts and the pictures. Is yeah. that 
you want to normalize the idea of this is how you look. You don't want to hide that. And it's it's normalizing the idea of the body shapes and the sizes and the reality. I mean, also that just paints the the idea that we should be having shorts that actually fit women's oh, bodies. But that. that's for another podcast. Um, <laughs> but it's, it is just, it's showing that football as a game, you know, you're not going to have women and the same men's game, you're not going to have people who are ex- look exactly the mm-hmm. same and not everyone's going to have a six pack. You know, there is, everyone has different body shapes and that is massively important. But I think that's amazing for the younger generation coming through. Yeah. Because if you've got big thighs, you've got role models that have got big thighs. If you're naturally a really skinny person, you've got role models. If you've got bigger hips, you've got role models. And I think it's really important that they do see that and they know that you don't have to look a certain way to be good at football. Um, and as long as you're comfortable in your own skin and you're hitting the, the peaks of your performance because the shape that you're in, obviously I've got the expert next to me, Shiv. <laughs> but as long as, you, as you're in the, the correct form that makes you feel good mentally and to physically perform, then that's all that should really matter. What I really love about the Palace vibe, and I think it's like the epitome of my... Huns FC Instagram side side <laughs> hustle is that it feels like and I think this is a really nice way to, to wrap things up as well it feels like you guys have cultivated a really positive environment where people can be themselves and be authentic and that is what I certainly get from chatting to you and, and hearing your stories is that you've created this environment where people can truly just be who they want to be and that is so amazing and is what all team cultures and what women's football should be about and I feel like we are reaching a really positive moment in the game that I feel like we are reaching this moment where we're learning from the mistakes of men's football and you see even the most profile women's footballers in the world are starting to realise that they can be their authentic selves, I mean think of someone like Megan Rapinoe and be rewarded for it and it's not a negative to be true to who you are whereas before I think people would be forced to be pigeonholed and curated in a certain way because you're told that's going to get you more money, it's going to get you more attention, exposure, you're going to be more successful as a result. Whereas I think now we're shifting to a world where you can be who you want to be and that's a great thing. Oh, massively. And I think, you know, like you said, I mean, that there is no kind of bad vibes at, at Palace. And I think that is when you start to see the success of the team. It's not only the hard work and dedication on the gym and the analysis and, and on the field, but I think it's when you have a, a cohesive group of friends, basically. And I don't, I don't think it's any coincidence that we're doing so well this season. I mean, we're third. I mean, I don't think anyone was really expecting that we would be in this position at the start of the league, what with us being, you know, one of the only part-time teams in in the championship. And, and I think that's a credit to the girls and that's whether you're playing or whether you're you're on the bench. And, you know, I, I myself have had many a game that I've been on the bench, but as long as you're bringing that positive vibe to you know, the players who are playing and likewise the players who are playing are also giving that respect to people who haven't been able to play in, in that instance and we all just have each other's backs when we get that opportunity and I think it's uh, it's definitely been an, an incredible club to be a part of this season. So, um, <clears throat> it's not wow, a tier. I love it. <laughs> it's not a tear. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that it's, it's so important to be able, going back to your point about what you said about being able to be yourself because I always say that football is not, just like what you can do with your feet like of course that is part of it but you could be like let's just say you've got the talent of Messi but if you're not 100% mentally and if you're not confident enough mentally and if you can't be yourself then no amount of talent that you have matters that it's not going to matter if you if you don't have it together mentally so um just going back to to my experience in Spain um like I felt like just what you said I was put in a box 
So, like, for example, I couldn't laugh or smile at training because he thinks I wasn't taking it seriously. So, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm getting anxiety with everything that I do because I'm like, oh, if if something's funny, I'm just gonna not not gonna be able to laugh. Like, so because of that, I couldn't perform 100% because I wasn't comfortable. So, just obviously reiterating your point about you being able to feel yourself, it's so important. If you want to play to your best ability, then you need to be in an environment that helps you get to that place. We've been on a journey in this wow. show. It was been, it's been so great to have you guys in the studio with us. Um, Lee, Shiv, thank you so much, guys. Really, really thank enjoyed you for having it. Us. Um, that is it for today's episode of Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. Don't worry, we're going to have loads of Euro stuff for you right around the corner. We'll be releasing more episodes each week and have some very special guests as well lined up. So stay tuned. If you've got any questions as well, tweet us at Football Ramble, at Floyd Tweet, at Girls on the Ball, at Morgie underscore 89, and we'll see you all soon. Upfront is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.